I think Araki tries to draw exactly one ugly man in the entirety of Jojo, and it's in this arc. That can't possibly be true, but I'm I'm with you. My mind is working furiously in the background to trying try to think, and of, an think ugly of another man. ugly yeah. man. And you can't because it's uh, like. What mm. about Leaky Eye Luca? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Leaky eye, no. the deep cuts. What about no. the janitor who who spills the water on Giorno's uh, flame? Okay, he. <laughs> okay, I, I see you with the janitor, but I think he is a pleasant looking older gentleman. Um, Shigechi, I think might be. No, Shigechi. Yeah, Shigechi, um, Okuyasu's dad. Yes. Okay. Well, but Okuyasu's but dad's not he's a like person. A yeah. yeah. Um, so. These are deep cuts. My point is, is that like Dio tried was like oh notorious big guy yeah he's oh yeah, he's ugly. super the ugly corpse oh and of yeah. course um, of course freaking um uh the um all right fine the, bo- I the was giant wrong. boss in the jail I Popo. was wrong Popo. Popo. Yeah. I was wrong yeah you know what we're gonna keep just listening yeah u- listening this episode ugly is just gonna be twenty minutes of ugly man <laughs> in JoJo. Welcome to JoJo's Bizarre Explainer. I'm Darius Kazemi. I'm Courtney Stanton. I'm Elizabeth Simmons. And this is JoJo's Bizarre Explainer, a podcast where we explain JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. We're on episode six of the anime. Phantom Blood. Yeah. Yes. That's it. We did it. Yeah, we did it. That's fine. I'll, <laughs> I'll fix it in post. <laughs> so we left off with Jonathan about to throw down with Blueford and Tyrakus. Two completely historical, yes. absolutely true, <laughs> accurate well, English knights. And so, but for this uh, podcast, we're going to focus on Blueford because Blueford is fascinating. Yeah, and Blueford amazing. rules. Also, he's beautiful. I think for like a hot minute, Araki was like, I'm gonna draw gross zombies. And he was like, What if a zombie was beautiful? And that's Blueford. I because mean, it's just like he couldn't help himself. The thing is that like Araki <laughs> just thinks men are really beautiful and yes. that's very clear and he does a really good job uh, providing evidence for that fact yes but I just I really love that no one can stop talking about how like what a boss bitch Blueford is even when he's like evil and a zombie mm-hmm. and this is this is not appear in the anime but it is my sworn duty to be the person who talks about the manga we get a great half page of Jojo science hell yeah it talks about why Blueford's hair as a zombie can lift Jonathan and fling him around. And it is because technically his hair doesn't have muscles, but there exists a plant, the Mimosa pudica, also known as the touch me not that is able to expand and retract its leaves at incredible speed by manipulating turgor pressure, uh, which is produced by the movement of water through the cells. And then we have a drawing of the plant. And like the mountainous range where it's found. And then there's a side view slice through of the cells of Blueford's hair. I just, God, you'll eventually get this in the anime where they start including more of the great bullshit science. Yes. Blueford's hair, along with the rest of his body, must have zombified in a similar way. I don't even want to get into how the rest of his body must work like this. He's all just hollowed out plant cells. That just suck in blood. Therefore allowing him to suck Jojo's blood through his hair using turgor pressure so he's wrapping his hair around jonathan sucking his blood and so then it's apparently like going rigid like it's like like a, yeah, from the, like a dick yeah yeah it's inflating like a dick like a yeah. hair dick he has hair his tiny <laughs> tiny hair dick. plant hair plant dick. Dicks. Like thousands of hair dicks. Th- thousands of tiny plant hair dicks yes that are sentient that are like and prehensile right but his whole body it's is like important this now. to note that when we say plant dick hairs we don't mean like 
dick hairs. <laughs> I mean, no. his hair is like each, each of his hairs is like a dick. Is a dick. Yeah, it's, it's like. But then, like, while Jonathan is slowly being <laughs> choked to death, he's like, he's like, maybe it's like it's like tiny octopi, or like I'm being like choked to death and then be swallowed like by a snake. I mean, I guess that yes, shows that he's of... that he's like a scientist in, on top oh, of all yeah. this other stuff. Yeah. Again, like this is all just in the manga. He's thinking in the manga. Yeah. In the does, anime, in the anime <laughs> Jonathan does not have a brain in his or personality head. Yeah. Eventually, there's a fight and Blueford dies, and the way that Blueford dies is. Super great. It's yes. super romantic. It's very romantic. It's so interesting. Sorry, just side. It's so interesting to like rewatch this, having read all the later stuff. Because when I started watching this, it really was like, oh, like this. All this romance is conf- conveyed via fights and whatnot. And then eventually, it's just like, no, actually, it's just romance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really interesting to see yeah. the evolution. It's just, anyway. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, when Jonathan realizes while they're fighting that Blueford can feel pain again, unlike normal zombies, which just keep fighting you until they're literally pulverized. Yeah. yeah. And so that lets him know that Blueford's humanity has come back, mm-hmm. which doesn't normally happen right. when you fight a and zombie. So, so Jonathan and then just flowers like, bloom around them. Yeah, and he it's like, very beautiful. And he like figuratively lays down his arms. He basically just he basically just sits down and he's like, I'm done fighting. And he has full trust that Blueford is is now human enough to see that in him and reciprocate and like also stop fighting even though he's like mid swing yeah he actually hits his face right yeah and there's Jonathan, like a tiny yeah. scar like draw blood drawn on his face blood trickle and yeah and so they stop fighting uh, speedwagon says he looks like a child having a conversation with his mother yeah so jonathan <laughs> is blueford's mom in this in this situation in speedwagon's fan fiction yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> i think in real life too in a sense he uh, gave he gave he gave blueford a second birth oh my god i know ew but i love it <laughs> yeah Oh. They have this nice moment while more Blueford's, workarounds. Yep, yeah. uh, where Blueford's body is falling apart because he's dying, but he gets his soul back. And Blueford thanks Jonathan for giving him his humanity back, and he asks his name, and then he gives him his sword, which has the word luck carved into it, and then he adds a P to the front of it with his own blood, so he changes it to pluck. So now it is the sword of luck and pluck. Yep. Which, as Courtney, you pointed out, is that work is way cooler in Japanese when you do something like that. Like, well, because you can like add a kanji to okay, something. Look, and, like, I've never understood the hate for the sword of luck and pluck. I think it's <laughs> awesome, and I think that like the idea of it being luck and pluck is not actually that dumb. I don't. Think I think. Wow. I guess we disagree. <laughs> All I'm saying is the word pluck is is like pretty lowbrow compared to to like the concept of like a sort of luck. It rules. <laughs> well, you can't argue with that. That's a it's a subjective opinion, and I'm not going to try and dispute. You can't prove that it doesn't rule. Well, not no, not to you. I just don't, I I happen to think I it like, does not rule. I, I think pluck is a good word for it because it's like you know it's like. I'm making a. <laughs> I, yeah, no. I mean, it does have no. that. It's very it does Jonathan-y. have that oblivious Jonathan. Very like, Jonathan-y. I'm just going to charge headstrong, headlong into it's the danger. It's the kind yeah. of thing that you want to give to like a 13 year old girl sidekick character. So Jonathan. Yeah. Joestar. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I would actually expect Joseph Joestar to be more plucky. No, Joseph Joestar is like he's a trickster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's like kind of 
conniving and yeah all right like his yeah. whole like his whole thing I we'll, still, we'll get yeah. into this soon i will fight but. for i still think he's a ravenclaw so i will fight for that but but, okay. but jonathan okay. is a gryffindor obviously jonathan yes. is clearly and a gryffindor. so pluck. pluck okay yeah or he could be he could be a Cedric like Hufflepuff Gryffindor except like, like, like he's, hybrid right I, I don't know he's he's too... very hardworking yeah he's way too dumb to be anything other than a Gryffindor <laughs> <laughs> sorry Gryffindor spoken like a Slytherin yeah, yeah. Well. but yeah so that's Blueford and how he dies he falls apart literally and like leaves nothing but his armor but it's super like romantic and I honestly think it's like a one of the cooler moments in the the first arc of Jojo because you get to see a zombie get unzombied. Yeah. And I actually think that's one of the only times you really get to see that. Yeah. Um, where somebody gets to really just be like, oh hey, I'm a I'm a human again. Yeah. Uh bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like and it's you know, it's also it's cool, like it's this weird thing because of the like the sort of time distance. You know, he lived three hundred years ago and yeah, a person from, from a different era or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Like, what's your name? <laughs> like, yeah. what's going on? So I don't. Which know. again, as we as we mentioned, I think last episode is Jonathan knows about Blueford from his history books, right? Like he yeah. like he like learned about Blueford, like you might learn about Lancelot uh, as like a kid. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I want to run into zombie Lancelot now. Rules. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a that's a novel you can buy at the airport probably <laughs> yeah. at this point, and you can date him. Oh, you're right. So moving ahead a little bit, we discover a new thing about Hemon because we're always learning more about what Hemon can do, and right? so is a Rocky. Oh, so, yeah. just, so just very brief. So just very briefly, this turns into a, at the beginning of another fight with Blueford's partner Tarkus. Right, right. and we're gonna but skip. We're that gonna for now. Skip I think, but Tarkus like like smashes Blueford's body. Right? Oh yeah, he and gets he smashes the the, yeah. the body's already gone, oh, but he smashes the, the sword and the armor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the sword of luck and pluck does no, no, check. no. Oh, just the yeah. The sword? He he has the sword of luck and pluck in a battle later. Oh, okay, oh, but the oh. armor, the, he, the armor, he, yeah. he, he crushes the armor. Yeah, right, the sword of luck and pluck. And it basically, okay. and basically, that just shows Tarkus is like way more evil than yeah. Blizzard. He's way he's more just, zombie. He's just like he's just a he's just like a crazed zombie. Yeah, yeah. I do want to mention in the manga, uh, Tarkus actually grabs two of Poco Loco's no, bullying. Poco. Just Poco. Just Poco? Yeah, he's just Poco in this one. Right. He's I'm Poco sorry. Loco in Steel Ball Run. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Grabs two of Poco's uh, uh, bullying, not friends. Schoolmates. But schoolmates. And um, cracks their bodies open and drinks their blood. So that's how the manga lets you know that Tarkus is, is scarier. Um, <laughs> yeah, Poco's going to need therapy for a long time. Yeah, that poor kid. But yeah, so we learned some things about Hamon, right? Yeah, we learned that Hamon cannot break any objects related to the plot. Right. Uh, <laughs> that is an accurate statement. No. Hamon apparently uh, can't be used for destruction, but even though the first use we ever see of Hamon is uh, Baron Zapelli punching a rock and breaking, and it, breaking in it in half. And so, see, so and and my my thought on that because rocks cause, are porous. Okay, but also he says when he breaks the rock that it's the power of Sendo, and um and I think what it is is he's channeling Hamon to make his punch super strong, and his punch physically is what destroys the rock. It's not the Hamon coursing through the rock. But then how come he can't punch with Hammond through the wall to get into the... Because plot. Okay. 
can't destroy plot objects. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, so this is the point where it's like they need to break into a place where Jonathan's trapped with Tarakus. I mean, Hamon is stupid. Yes. Like, it's, <laughs> it's stupid. And, and Araki eventually realizes Thank you this for too. Drawing attention to the elephant in the room. Yeah. yeah. Hamon is, in fact, stupid. Yeah. Jonathan's yeah. chained up and like he's like, oh, I can't use my Hamon because it's, it's diffusing through this chain. But somehow. then at some other point, like metal. Conducts like, it, it. It's it fine. and it's just. But it's in the ce- it metal's in the ceiling. It yeah. doesn't conduct yeah, it I, because sh- ceilings. Sure. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fine. And he's like, I can conduct it through brick, but like the Baron's like, oh, I can't conduct it through this door, but I can conduct it through brick. And it's like the door is surrounded by brick. Right. Well, if you, if you're fine. You can't break the door. Why don't you break the wall next to the door yeah. and nope. walk through? Nope. Nope. No. But it's it's like in, it's like in video games where you you know you yeah. have like a bazooka, but the wooden door won't explode. I was gonna say it's something. It's it, like right? like it's a it's not like an interactive object. Like yeah, it's that. A, yeah, it's a non interactive <laughs> object in the yeah. world. Yeah, it's yeah. a static object. Yeah, can't destroy it. Yeah. Our, the game engine of this manga doesn't support it. Yeah, so. it's just, it's some bullshit. So we learned <laughs> that, that Hamon is some bullshit. And, but at least in the translation that's in the Jojonium, the Baron does say he's like, the Hamon technique that I learned isn't meant for destroying things. So like, I am choosing to interpret that. <laughs> generously. <in> a, generously <laughs> as that like, he's just not able to like, break and like tear down stuff whereas he's like i can use it on like zombies because i'm actually like basically like you know i'm, I'm using the sunlight um which destroys them and that's how i'm right. fighting I mean, he's, them he's like a dungeon and dragons cleric it's like he has healing spells for the most part but also healing spells can be used to harm the undead or like if you throw a phoenix down at a zombie. Exactly. Right. So <laughs> or a skeleton. So yeah. if you're familiar with like Final Fantasy or Dungeons and Dragons, if you think of, of Hamon as sort of like and Hamon users like as a like, holy power. Yeah. So it's like they're clerics, but who also happen to sometimes do hand to hand combat. Yeah. That might be more useful, but also clerics who are on some bullshit. Since we're already talking about Hamon as a healing power, yes. yeah. can we talk about the Baron's Indian training, or yes, was that? Yes. Yeah, so we get a backstory, a, a little backstory flashback um, on our way to the place where Jonathan is about to get chained up. Yeah, and we find out that the Baron went to India and after the stone mask. Yes, stuff. a couple years after his dad put on the stone mask on a ship and killed everybody on the ship, the Baron was in India and met a doctor who was able to heal people who would not otherwise be able to be healed, and he figured out that like okay that's doing the opposite of what the stone mask does stone mask drains life this gives life back maybe i can use that to fight the stone mask if i ever come across it again and then he eventually i guess gains the trust of this doctor who clues him in to the true master of hamon right tom petty yes yes tom petty who lives in tibet yes tom yeah. petty well and it's tom petty right all one word so it's not technically Tom well, Petty. Just like Zeppeli is not Led Zeppelin. Yeah, yes. and just like Speedwagon, just kidding. Speedwagon is Speedwagon. Well, just like Robert yeah, E.O. Speedwagon yeah. is not R.E.O. Speedwagon. Yeah, Dio Brando is not Ronnie James Dio Brando. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Though that would be a pretty good like Wheel of Fortune before and after puzzle. That's true. <laughs> or Ronnie a stage James name. Dio Brando. Or just a stage name, Ronnie James Dio Brando. Or a, or a Halloween costume. Yeah. Oh man, Ronnie James Dio Brando. Right. So this year we're all gonna be Ronnie James Dio Brando, <laughs> and just interpret that however yeah. you want. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> none of these are actually bands from the '70s. These are all characters in the show. 
Tom Petty looks is is an ugly man. Is an old haggard. I think he's a good looking older man. Yeah. Yeah. That's got you've got a serious brow. Yeah. All right. I mean, I like a serious brow. You know that. Oh, that's true. You do. What you... is happening here? Darius... <laughs> Darius has a thing for foreheads that I do not understand. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, then it's... Tom Petty is your man. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's yep. weird. See, I don't get is, it. This is like a kind of a beautiful moment. I know, right? Yeah. But that's who I was saying was an ugly character. Okay. Yeah, I don't think of him as like. I just think of him as old. I don't think of him as super ugly. I just was like, Iraqi, what are you trying to do? I mean, he does like put like bulbous growths on his forehead That's what I'm to saying. mean eyebrows, which is confusing. But yeah. I don't think that like. That's what I mean. Yeah. But yeah, the Baron, he trains. Well, he finds out that if he deci- if he takes on Hemon training, then his destiny will change and he will die. He'll and be- it will be specifically a horrible death. Yeah. Right. A painful death. death. Yeah. And he's like, sign me up. Yeah. This is what you say, right? Yeah. Like, well, you know, to be more specific, he's like, I have a greater destiny to pursue. And yeah. I'm yeah. just going to do it. Because yeah. he's the Baron. He's the, he's the, the founding Zapelli. So. Yeah, he's, he's the Zapelli. So he like, he goes for it. And then we find out that like, he, he does his training for years. And like, he's hanging out on a tight wire with Tom Petty. We, I don't think we hear about the actual, um, the rest of the prophecy no, until, until the end the of the episode. until the end of this episode because that's when we have the uh, yeah and I'm jumping ahead to it yeah right. I know I just wanted to say yeah because yeah. it's the good ending it is the good ending um and so they're like he gets his prophecy and uh, his prophecy is that he's gonna because he's like I want to know when I'm gonna die and so Tom Petty tells him that it's like a child will open the door and like a young lion will be chained and like you're gonna Basically, he tells them that, like... A Jojo lion. Oh, God. Oh, damn. And it's like, and then it's like, you're going to, like, set your own wounds aflame before you have a cruel death. Right. And to, so, to, like, lead the way for a young lion. Yeah, yeah. And so Poco manages to get the stupid door open, um, the plot door, so yes. that the plot can happen. And uh, the Baron walks in, and he looks around, and he's like, oh... Oh, this is it. This is the, yeah. this is the prophecy. Uh, it's happening. It's happening. And then Speedwagon's like, what was that? Spelly's <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing, it's fine. And it's then, cool. Yeah, and then walks forward. And then we have the best... Outro. Out, right, outro of, you know, the famous uh, To Be Continued. Yeah, because... Roundabout. It's, yeah, it's just the Baron knows he's going to die. Yeah, and it's almost like a... It's almost staged like... um. Like a high noon showdown at a Western, yep. right? Because you know there's about to be a yep. fight, and he's just kind of walking calmly into it, and everyone's kind of staring at him like, who is this? Like, Tarkus Doesn't he, like, is like, put his hand up? To yeah. Him, yeah. Like, in a... yeah, and so everyone's like, what What are you doing in here? And, and he's just walking in so calmly that people are like, do you know something yeah. we don't? And of course Time he does. Time to die. He does know. Yeah. yeah. Um, he knows he will succeed. He just yeah. also knows he's going to die. Yeah. And it's going to be ugly. <laughs> so we also have met Poco's sister at this yes, point. Because that's what gives him strength to finally right. suck Crawl it up and he remembers, help open the door. He remembers his sister slapping him across the face <laughs> to teach him a lesson not to be such a wimp. Poco's like remembering. Poco wets his pants. He wets Poco, his pants. Out of Which, fear. to be fair, okay, if I had been hanging out with these people for this long, I'm surprised it took him that long to pee himself yeah, in yeah. the face of everything else that had been happening. Like, I mean, he could have like, yeah, I guess he hasn't like had time to like, find like a bathroom in a while. Well, I'm kidding. (laughs) 
So yeah, so basically it's like it's at the point where they're like like the Baron is literally beating his hands bloody trying yeah. to punch the door open. Yeah. And and Jonathan's trapped inside getting the shit kicked out right. of him. And Poco looks at this small opening in the wall and he's like, "Oh, I could he's thinking to himself like I could crawl through there and and so, and then he has like a flashback where he's basically because he's thinking about like how scared he is, and then he, he has a flash. Pees he pees himself. He has a flashback to his his child, like earlier in his childhood, where he was getting bullied by some kids, and then like by like eight kids, and then his older sister shows up, and just her showing up makes all the kids run away. They're like, "Oh shit, we gotta get." Out of here. She's incredible. I want to have that. Coco's sister is yeah. here. I'm furious um, that, like, when I first saw her, because she's like the right age, she's like the same age as Jonathan ish, seeming. And I was just like, oh my God, are they setting this up? Like, are, are we going to get Jonathan to end up with like a girl who isn't? fucking right. boring so they so they all then? run away from her I and then she too, she no she luck. goes to poco to like it seems to comfort him at first and then she's like yo don't be so scared all the time you have to fight for yourself she's like, what are you most afraid of yeah and he's like i don't know well because she, she's like when are you gonna stand up for yourself and, and he's then like she's, tomorrow and she's like when's tomorrow gonna come and he's like tomorrow, tomorrow. and she's like not good enough he's yeah. like are you afraid of pain maybe and then she just slaps him across the face and Great. <laughs> I know. And she's like, is pain scary or is growing up to be an adult who never stands up for himself scary? And he's like, Poco's like, I think you're scary. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Um, so she's amazing. Uh, so anyway, he remembers that and then he's like, he gets the courage to crawl through the window and then get slapped by Tarkas as well. Yeah, because he has but, to yell. I just, I really appreciate the ability of a 12-year-old to have consequential thinking. Most 12-year-olds don't do that. Um, well, Poco is... One of the great minds of his time. It's true. Yeah. Um, honestly, most adults can't do that. Yeah. So we get introduced to to Poco's amazing sister, who is honestly the first actually cool woman we see in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like, there's no. I mean, there's hardly any other women yeah, in, the, no. in the show. Up She's to date, the first but. cool woman. Anything that we wanted to say in um, sort of in conclusion overall about episode six? I mean, it. Jonathan it, is a pure cinnamon roll. Like, he's just a pure good boy who punches people until they are either good boys or they die. Yeah, and somehow, up until this point, he has managed to, uh, to like, stay pure. I don't know. It's like he doesn't have a thought in his head, but he's got a song in his heart. That's a <laughs> That's, really good description yeah. of Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> just yep. doing his best. Yeah, he is. Um, and pecs. And pecs. Yeah. JoJo's Bizarre Explainer is recorded in Portland, Ora Ora, Oregon at StreamPDX Mobile Podcast Studio. Thank you to the folks at StreamPDX and OpenSignal. Our music is The Freakout Experiment by Tobias Weber. You can contact us at explainjojo at gmail.com. 